I have a little appetizer, a couple of appetizers before I do my message today. And um, it, it's really about reading the Word. It's really about getting a, a deeper appreciation for the Word of God. And I got this from Jack Willis. You know, Jack Willis, his wife, passed this week. You know, we've been in that three-month battle with him. He just enlisted us to be praying and seeking God that he would do a miracle. And Maureen was contending even up until she died. She was contending and believing. But she told Jack, you know, even if I don't get a healing, don't get angry. I'm going to heaven. And so she passed this last Tuesday, and uh, I talked with Jack. And it's funny, Jack, you know, he was apprehensive about this whole thing you know, because he had lost his first wife to cancer, and powerful man of God. Those of you who have been here, he's ministered here for 20 years, and before that, when I was a Christian community church, he was always ministering there, and a, a great man of God, great, great speaker, great communicator, funny. And so I'm talking, and he's crying, you know, and I'm crying with him, you know, and we're just, and then all of a sudden, he starts telling me things, you know, and he, he's got me cracking up, and I'm thinking, Jack, what's going on? And it's just, the grace of God that comes, you know, if you've gone through grief, there's a grace of God that comes to help you through the grieving process. So he just wanted me to greet you and thank you for praying for him and uh, saying he's, uh, he's just, you know, hanging in there. He can't wait to come and be with us again. And it's going to be probably sometime in this next year he'll come and uh, stay with us a week or so and come and speak to us. But he gave me this. This is from a friend of his, Ken Burke. And he said this. Do you just read the word or do you fellowship with the word? You know, we can get into that religious mode where we read the word because the Bible says we need to know the word. We need to know what God says to us. We need to know what's ours. We need to know what to appropriate, what to believe in. And it's the foundation of our faith, the word of God. But the thing about um, fellowshipping with God, with the word, is like allowing the word to go past your intellect and to go down in your heart. And if you read the word with this idea of fellowshipping with the word, you begin to get even more out of the word. You begin to read that, that letter as a personal letter to you. You know the difference when back in the old days when you got letters and maybe and you got love letters from someone, how it meant so much to you when you read. And this is the love letter that God has given us, his word. And in Hebrews 4.12, a familiar scripture, it says the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So the word of God is living and powerful, and so as we read it, it comes and brings us spiritual life and health to our spirit, that place where we accepted Jesus and he comes to live inside of us. And so the living word of God, it feeds us. It feeds us in faith because our soul is affected because we live in this natural world. And so the word of God that you read will divide between the effects that your soul is experiencing in the negativity that's around us. And then the spiritual atmospheres that we're in, the demonic atmospheres, the ungodly atmospheres that uh, prevail on our planet and, and increasing the increasing darkness that's there. And so the word of God gives us fellowship, but also separates us from those things that are fearful. You know, you watch the news and you go away feeling negative and uh, all just in uh, anxiety and worry. But the word of God fills you with faith and hope. It fills you with the peace of God that you can keep living and enjoying God. 
And the Word of God helps us know who He is. Again, that love letter, that thing that you're reading, it's very personal, and it speaks to you the things that help you understand who God is. Jesus, the Word. In John 1, 1 1-4, it says that in the beginning was Jesus, the Word. And Jesus, the Word, was with God, and Jesus, the Word, was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Again, that Word of God, Jesus, the living Word, now we have Him living inside of our heart by faith. And so we can put on just an atmosphere or an attitude of confidence and boldness because we know He's living inside of us. We know the living Word of God. Jesus, the living Word, is now inside of us. I, re- I was just sitting back remembering this morning, probably about 30 years ago, we had a missionary come from uh, Brazil to our church, and someone we were supporting. And I re- remember just always feeling this fearful feeling and anxious feeling before I have to speak. And he prophesied to me, he goes, you're always going to feel negative. But when you get up to speak the word of the Lord or to share a prophetic thought, God is going to come through. And I was sitting down here this morning thinking like, why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself in this uncomfortable position? But then as we sang that last song, the Holy Spirit just starts rising up inside. And that's what we have through Jesus Christ. We have a living, powerful word of God. We have a powerful presence within us, the Holy Spirit, to help us overcome and live that life that God has called us to live. Jesus, the word of life in Matthew 4, 4, Jesus declared, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, Dory, even though you've been enjoying your food, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so hope there's a new excitement that sweeps over you today as you read the word, that you're reading the fellowship with the living word of God, with the living Christ, and that word is going to come into you and increase your faith and help you as you face all kinds of opposition. I have to say a shout out for Jerry Munzer. He decided to bring us into Job. But he started out with such a different perspective about Job. That Job was a totally righteous man, and the test that he went through was because God was so had his money on Job, even against Satan, that Job was going to be an overcomer. And that after Job lost everything, immediately he goes from a place of loss to a place of worship. And so no matter what we face, no matter what is coming, the word of God that comes to you, a prophetic thought, a promise that you believe is yours, no matter what is coming against that, that word is strong and that word is going to overcome in your life. Keep looking to the word, keep looking to your relationship with God and watch how God brings that word to pass. Now another little appetizer. Jack asked this question. It's interesting. Me and Jack, we get on the phone, we talk about heavy-duty things like they've been going through and praying And then we start exchanging these spiritual nuggets and we start feeding off each other. And he asks this question. Do you strive trying to relate to the Lord? We live by his relationship to us, not by our relationship to him. Isn't that something? We sometimes strive so much because we're in natural, in a natural body, natural thinking, natural emotions, we do so much striving sometimes to to get in God's presence or to feel like we can touch Him. And we're always trying to touch Him with our emotions or our thoughts. 
but it is our spirit that we are in constant connection with God. We are covered by the Lamb, by the blood of Jesus that was shed, so that we can live in right relationship and fellowship. And irregardless of what we feel it or not, God is constantly reaching out to us. It says that uh, no one can come to him unless he draws them. And so he's the one that drew us to him, and he is not going to withdraw himself, but he's there for us. And so you should settle back and just relax and allow the receiving to come between you and the Lord, whether it's from the word or sitting in prayer or just sometimes, do you ever just sit there in the peaceful presence of God and let the presence of God just minister to your spirit? The most important thing you can do is to receive in your spirit from God because then you have the ability to get up and then have the wisdom and knowledge to do what God has you to do or you bring them into your everyday situations. So our confession should be now, I live by his relationship to me, not by my relationship to him. So it's like you're in this relaxed mode. And when you're in that relaxed mode, you can start giving out from your heart, from your spirit, because you're receiving, you're letting the flow of God come in and flow back out of you. My relationship has ups and downs, like the Dow Jones industrial averages in the stock market. The, the Lord does not change. In Malachi 3.6, it says, For I am the Lord, and I do not change. In Hebrews 13.8, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So maybe yesterday you felt like you had this really great time with God in prayer, and then today you feel like he left you, or you're bombarded by problems. No, he hasn't left you. But now you activate your faith and your confidence in God to approach your situations or your life circumstances, and know that God is going to work things out for you. Again, human nature, we have variables. We have those ups and downs. At times we feel so close to God, and at times we feel so far away from Him. I'm so glad the Lord is stable when I'm not. Okay, my message today, my title is Emmanuel in the Kingdom of God. If you've been here for the last four or five weeks, I've been talking about the kingdom of God as my main title. There are so many references, especially in the New Testament, about the kingdom of God. There are so many references about the kingdom in the Old Testament, about kingdoms of this earth, kingdoms and uh, dynamics of governments that come and go. But since Jesus came, the kingdom of God has become more uh, relatable and more receivable through Jesus Christ. In Isaiah 7.14, it says, the prophet Isaiah wrote, The Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. In our manger, we have that Emmanuel for this month a reminder that God is with us. We have a visual reminder that he is present with us and in our life. This promise was to King Ahaz, who was in the line of David. It was a prophetic promise for God's people then and for the future of God's people because it was prophesying about Jesus coming. The Messiah was going to be the final king of kings, the everlasting king, the one who was going to overcome and conquer all. And we know right now that we are 2,000 years closer to Jesus' government taking over everything than we've ever been before, even though we don't see it with our natural eye even though we see the struggles <clears throat> with governments and kingdoms and rulers and leaders and the, the changing of governments and the, the frustration with governments, there is a king who is going to be uh, crowned 
officially for sure one day on this earth, and it's Jesus Christ. But we are citizens of a kingdom right now, the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ. And so that kingdom is growing inside of us. <clears throat> that kingdom is with us right now. And is that kingdom that we're feeding in ourselves today as we come and gather to experience worship, to sing songs and praise to God. We are connecting with the kingdom of God. We are strengthening ourselves in the spiritual man that we can go back out and live and have the kingdom of God manifest through our life, through our prayer, through our witness, and through the things that we do to encourage people, to help people, uh, to uh, give to people, to be generous. It is the work of the kingdom of God in us by our faith that allows us to give back out to the people out there that, are, that God puts around us, that we find ourselves in their midst. I love this uh, John 1.14 out of the message. Jesus, the living word, became flesh, and blood, and he moved into our neighborhood. To have Jesus move inside and to move into the, the, the nitty-gritty and the, the dirty now and now, that is the thing that helps us get through life. That no matter what struggles we're going through, no matter what relational difficulties are going on in our life, Jesus has moved into your neighborhood. As Emmanuel meant God with us, it was also the promise that God would also be in us through Jesus Christ. A lasting kingdom of peace. Isaiah prophesied also, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I don't know about you, but I have to appropriate peace pretty regularly because there's always some kind of circumstance or situation or people thing going on where it's beyond my ability to address. But if you know, it doesn't take long with a prayer and, and an awareness of God's presence with you where the peace of God can just settle over you. And the peace of God can dispel what you've just heard, what you're apprehensive about, and that peace of God is just incredible because it's like a weight. It's like a, a good weight that comes over your spirit. And it helps you to just rest and trust in God. A lot of times my wife has the news on and she's listening to political things and I'm saying, I can't even handle this because it just agitates me and irritates me. So I have to get away and I have to say, God, I just give you the mess that's going on in high places. God, I look to you and I ask for your peace. Lord, I ask you to hear my prayers because we're called to pray for those in authority that the best that we can live out in this life will happen because our prayers are to God who can move on situations in government in isaiah 9 7 it says of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end upon the throne of david and over his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment justice from this time forward and forevermore the zeal of the lord of hosts will perform it in other words it is the power of the holy spirit that is moving to draw people to himself to change the lost into places of being found and being born again and being part of our family, that they can overcome. We see the kingdom of God growing because it starts in the hearts of people and it transforms lives and people are become changed. Remember that the kingdom of God has already come. We use this scripture in Matthew 4.17 uh, a few times in the last couple of weeks. And it was from that time where Jesus was baptized in water and then baptized in the Holy Spirit that this scripture came into being. And it says that Jesus began to preach and say that repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. 
that Jesus opened his mouth after he had gone into the water baptism experience and after he had been baptized with the Holy Spirit and then after he was tested by the devil for those 40 days, that something came upon him as he had not been able to be tempted and brought into any sin. He walked in the complete power of God, all man, all God. And so began to tell the people to look, turn around, turn from your ways because the kingdom of God is now readily available for you. And we saw him begin to move and to do healings and all kinds of miracles that he did because the kingdom of God manifested through his life. Well, all that he went through was for the manifestation of the kingdom of God to come into us now as believers 2,000 years after this. There is this thing going on in the body of Christ where people are rising to their place of understanding of who they are in Christ and they're praying prayers of faith. They're praying prayers and bringing kingdom activity and kingdom liberty and freedom to people because of their faith in God and because just the growth in their knowledge and uh, experience of the Holy Spirit and seeing it manifested in their life. Yes, we had one defeat this week. The person we prayed for didn't get healed. But there are so many other answers going on. There's so many other healings and dramatic uh, salvations and things that are happening in people's lives that represent that the kingdom of God is working. But for us to rise up and grab a hold of who God is and the word of God, letting it be in our life, we are going to have more and more testimonies come about what God is doing in our day. We can either become passive like there was people who were just passive around Jesus. Here he's bringing the message of the kingdom. He's doing healing. But then we read stories of that he could do not many things because of unbelief. We read story where the crowds were so around him that he could barely move. And that one time he had to go out on the boat because they were going to just press in upon him and it was too much for him. And yet we read stories that sometimes only a few people touched and received the kingdom of God is because sometimes there's just not an ability for people to grab hold of what God's saying. We get enamored about what we see and what God can do, but almost like we don't initiate a faith that we have in God to make it personal. And I'm not talking about some kind of claiming this or claiming that. I'm talking about pressing into that relationship with Jesus Christ where you know who you are and you know what's yours. It says that the Holy Spirit will reveal to us those things that are for us. You know, sometimes we, we try to live someone else's life or sometimes we try to live something out of the, the scope of who we are. But when we're walking with God, we know who we're called to be and we know what God wants to release in us. And it's almost like a place of just receiving and growing. And then all of a sudden, one day, there's fruit in your life in the area that you knew is yours, but because you're walking in your relationship with God, it starts to manifest in your life. The kingdom of God is available, receivable, readily apprehended. Emmanuel, God with us now, brought his kingdom even more closer. A drastic change from with him to in us. In, Ma in Luke 17, 21, the second part of the verse, Jesus informs us of the kingdom's upgrade. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. So Emmanuel was God with us, but Jesus is God in you. God in you. What an upgrade, not just around you, God in you. Something that rises up in your spirit, something that rises up and you know it comes from a different place. You know it's not your personality, it's not your weakness, it's something that's supernatural. And that's what God wants to manifest in each one of us, that reality that he's rising up inside of us because he's inside of us. Okay, let's change gears. We, in this church, thanks to Donna, she has started so many prayer pockets in our church. 
And really, last week, David Canis Tracy from Gateway was here, and he ministered to us, and it was incredible because he really felt like uh, this next year is going to be just a really uh, upgrade, and we're all supposed to step up in prayer. And he said his church, they're rallying, they're changing some of their prayer things around. I feel like we have been on prayer for over a year. Donna has been just rallying teams, and it seems like every couple of months she has another prayer pocket. She wants to start another prayer ministry. But we found in the last seven years that going to our MFI conference and having uh, our pastors, having the pastor tell us, I feel like you guys are supposed to step up your prayer ministry. Since we've done that, there's been more breakthroughs and just another realm of the presence of God that has just brought breakthroughs for us because prayer has increased. I want to get you ready. You know, the first is going to be on a Wednesday, right? Well, the following Tuesday and Wednesday, we are going to do prayer and fasting to start the year off. So get ready to deny yourself of food, drink a lot of water, and join us as we pray and fast together. Praying for breakthroughs. Pray for the things that are on your heart. Pray for those things that seem to be just resistant. Praying for God's will. Praying for overcoming. But the nugget I got last week, and I wasn't able to speak because David came, but I was thinking, wow, if he didn't come, I was going to give this message. It's about in secret. Again, since we've had so many prayer pockets in, we have Wednesday uh, noon prayer. We have prodigal prayer on Tuesday. We have pre-service prayer uh, before on Sunday. We have intercessory prayer uh, on, on Thursdays. And all kinds of other prayers are going on. We have, oh, Laura Mermis runs our prayer from the Texas where a need comes out and we just get out there and people are all praying for things. And I've been shooting there so many different prayers, especially for Jack and, and Maureen. Uh, always right there, and people are on there amening and giving scriptures and everything. Diane's been in there just praying. Mark, just a lot of people just praying. And so this realm, I felt like the Holy Spirit really was dealing with me the last couple of weeks was about in secret. And our key verse today is Matthew 6.6. 6. Jesus was instructing his disciples on how to pray. And in this section, he's talking about the Our Father prayer, but he's talking about this specific aspect of prayer. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in secret, in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Go into your room simply means be intentional. Shut the door simply means remove any distractions. Your father is on the throne in the holy place. You have a right through the blood of Jesus on your life, no matter what you've done, no matter what attitude you just had, but by the blood of Jesus, by what Jesus did on the cross, you could enter right in before God, right into the holy place and meet with God, your father. In this secret place, you have your father's attention. And in the secret place, he has our attention. Our Father rewards us with evidences of our meeting. Your secret place is that place in your heart. You can be in the midst of a lot of people. You can be in the midst of something at work in a situation, and you can just go into that secret place and begin to commune with God because it is your heart is where he lives, and it's your heart that connects with the secret place. It is your heart that penetrates all that's against you and goes before God, no matter what demonic attack is over you, no matter what atmospheres of the enemy are trying to cloud you or depress you, you can go into the presence, you can go into the secret place, and you have access and audience with the Father.
when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Kind of like what Dory was saying about sowing and reaping. Whatever we sow, you're sowing in prayer. It's going, there's going to be something that happens. Even though you're bombarding, you're, you're knocking, you're seeking, you're asking, <clears throat> there is going to be a breakthrough. Don't give up. The enemy uses circumstances and even failures. Even the fact that we just lost Maureen from our aspect, that she didn't get healed, people tend to think, well, man, my prayers aren't doing it. No, don't stop praying. It's a mystery. We don't understand it. Keep praying. Keep asking. Jesus said that, that there would be healings and deliverances and people born again. It's all part of the kingdom work that goes on through our lives as his representatives. The Father who is in secret place of prayer sees those who make time with Him. You know, I have to admit, there's so many things to do. Here I'm a pastor. I have to keep making time to pray. I have to keep making time. There were so many things coming in today. I had water leaks. I came in like at 5.30 this morning. There was water leaks. Kids Church, I've been dealing with floods out there this week and talked to, my, to, to our landlord about it. The water seems to blow in and just have to vacuum all that water up. And I just had a moment like, I knew how to do this. I knew how to do that. I said, no. I just went over and got down on my knees. God, people are coming today. You've got to meet them, Lord. You've got to reveal yourself. You have to excite them about your kingdom. Excite them about the secret place. Excite them about wherever they're at, whatever need they have, whatever need you have. God wants to use that need as a place to connect with you. He wants to show you his presence and your power. Remember that crippled person? The disciples were asked, well, who sinned, this guy or that guy or his parents? Who sinned? No, he said, that person was going through what they went through so that the glory of God could be revealed, so God's power could be shown on the earth. That's why that person was going through. What are you going through that God wants to manifest his power and to show by you having a testimony of what God has done in your life to bring a change? We've been talking about reset. Something has happened. We've gone through like four and a half years, and all of a sudden, this word about reset came to us about a month ago, and it's just released a whole new excitement about what God's doing. We've been having people call us, and just all kinds of connections have been happening, and we've been seeing God do incredible things. Amen, amen, amen. Reset. It goes without saying, you will pray. Amen. In Matthew 6, 7, and when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think they will be heard for their many words. The Father knows what you have need of. Therefore, do not let them be like them, like the hypocrites, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. You know, I'm thinking a lot of times, if we would just go into the place of thanksgiving and praise, thank you, God, because we all have enough distractions to make us pull back and, and like be frustrated. God, I need you to do this. It's okay to tell, you, tell God you need Him. But what about going in, in prayer, having such a faith? I know you know my need. I know you're in my life. I know I'm serving you. I belong to you. I know I'm sold out to you. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that you're on my, you're on my side. Thank you, God, that you're going to supply my need. Thank you, I'm in this place of poverty. Thank you, I'm in this place of sickness. Thank you, I'm in this place because you're my source and I know you're working. 
Thank you, Lord. I've been feeling a little discouraged. I've been feeling a little depressed. Thank you, God. You're my anchor. You're my source. Thank you. You're my joy. You're the Holy Spirit in me that gives me joy, that you're the one that causes me to overcome. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Thank you, God, that you're working a testimony in me that I can share with someone. You start talking to yourself like that, and you think, like, why was I down? And you just feel God just rising up inside of you. If you read that section in Matthew 2, in Matthew 6, 9 through 13, he's talking about the daily prayer. He's inviting you to the secret place, but this daily prayer is a thing where he's telling you things, but it goes without saying that you're going to daily be praying. Daily be putting Satan in this place that says, deliver us from the evil. That's every day you're saying, God, deliver me from every activity of the enemy. Deliver me from everything the enemy's trying to do to discourage me, throw sickness on me, uh, take... Uh, keep me in poverty, everything that the enemy's trying to do to discourage me, deliver me from the evil one. That puts such, a, that continually keeps the hedge over you. And if he comes in, that means God wants you to deal with him like he had Job deal with him. Building the habit of meeting with God is in our daily prayer, that daily Our Father prayer. Building a habit, building a relationship. You know relationships start over Taking time. I remember getting married after really knowing Dory for six months, but I tell you, that six months, I spent a lot of time with that girl. I was over there every day after work. My mom says, are you going to stay home? No, no, mom, I'm going. I got to go. I got to go. <laughs> you know, you build. You build. Jesus wants you to build with him. He has done more for us than anyone will ever do. He has laid his life down so we could have eternal life, so we could have our sins washed away. Every condemning thought, every accusing thought about our past, washed away by the blood of Jesus. Yes, Satan still has access to accuse us, but you have to go again, change thoughts. No, the Bible says I'm free, I'm cleansed, I'm washed, I'm, I'm a new person. And that's how we live, by overcoming in our faith. The secret place. The secret place is a place of growth and trust. In Psalms 91, 1 through 2, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Psalms 91, I read every day in my senior year of high school because my friends were getting rat-packed. They tried to rat-pack me twice. Every day, <clears throat> I'd get my, I had this yellow legal pad, and every day I'd read the Psalms 91. You said He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will dwell in the shadow of the Almighty. No enemy will touch me. I mean, I, every day I'd be fighting fear, but I'd be reading that. I'd be reading that. I'd be reading that. I feel like my last year of high school was such a building in my faith that I, from then on, I've never been afraid to go anywhere by myself. The kingdom of God and agreement. This is another area. The secret place. The secret place sets you up for your prayer of agreement. Think of us. If all of us at Hillside, every person coming in, if everyone is developing their secret place, and they're so walking with God, our prayer of agreement will be so powerful. That's what's happening. In, that's what happens in Cho's church. There's such a power of agreement. There's such a unity and such a prayer backing that there's answers. There's things that go on in the miraculous. In Matthew 18, 15, Jesus speaks about clearing the way for the prayer of agreement. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him to his fault between you and him. And here's the place of power loss in the church. And this is a place I think for 20 years we've always been in our membership in our foundation classes about resolving conflict. If we don't resolve conflict, we're blocked in the power 
in our prayer. We're blocked in God sending us resources. <clears throat> so let me encourage you, if you have anything against anybody, get it resolved quickly. If they've dead, say, God, I forgive them. Because you need a clear access between you and heaven. You, there's a lot of things God wants you to do. There's a lot of appropriation God wants you to appropriate, but unforgiveness can block heaven. Bitterness, people things can block. Offenses block the loss of love. When love's not flowing, unity's not flowing. It says if he hears you when you go to your brother, you have gained your brother. But if he will not hear you, take one or two or more, that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word may be established. Again, it shows first going to the person so that no, no gossip is going about, about a person, that, that you're not telling your side of the story to everyone, so they're getting offended with that person. Because then if you resolve, they're still all offended with them because they, they thought that person hurt you. But when you go to that person and you work it out, you kill the enemy's division in the body. But when you can't resolve it, it's because you love that person. You're taking someone that they trust and you're going to them because you want to restore relationship. You want this thing to be ended so that you can rebuild trust and have a good relationship with them. Again, so the body of Christ becomes a body knit together where our armor is covering each other and we're covering our backs, but then we're, we're a, a desperate uh, disturbance to the enemy. We're his enemy, and he's scared of us because we've got in unity. We're walking in love. We're walking in forgiveness, and we're walking in the confidence and the power of God in his word. Um, after unity is restored, there is agreement. So then he gets down to agreement in Matthew 18. Jesus declared, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you, the church, bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That binding and loosing ability that we have as a church, I want us to really get there. We have a couple of weeks. I love to see go through our fast and us are just coming into this incredible agreement, like the prophetic presence of God just rests on us, and we know what God wants wants to be in going on in this church in this next year. And we're praying, believing, binding the enemy, loosing in heaven the resources and things that God wants to do to bring people into the kingdom and cause people to grow up and be transformed in Christ. Okay. Time is going awesome. What Jesus, re what Jesus repeats is a double declaration. In Matthew 18, 19, Jesus makes a repeated declaration. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. <clears throat> a lot of times we take the scripture, we try it, and it doesn't work. But that progression is making sure all your relationships are in order. Being in that unity, you've been building your place in the secret place so you know what's yours. You know what to bind, you know what to loose because of your fellowship with the Holy Spirit and your fellowship with God and the fellowship that you're developing as you read the Word of God. You know what? This, things are going to get busier and busier. I feel like the times that we're living in is like just before the children of Israel got delivered and they took away the straw, and they had to now not only make brick, but they had to go get the straw. I feel like there are so many things coming on all of you as people who work and commute that are trying to distract you from your secret place. They're trying to overwhelm you with problems and situations, with financial difficulties, with all kinds of relational difficulties to keep you so distracted that you're not spending time in the secret place. 
because out of the secret place is going to come just a rep repetitious flow of God's power and answers into your life.